When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready? Yes! Yeah. 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 Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Yeah. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. And good morning. What's up? Mississippi State with the series win over Bama, Ole Miss with the heartbreaker as they could have uh, walked away with that series too against Arkansas. Um, Ole Miss a better schedule down the stretch. But, uh, you know, I don't know what that... Who knows? But they do, they do have a better schedule. If the stars align... And they get Hunter Elliott back, plus the schedule of Georgia, Missouri, Auburn, and Bama. You know, they're they're capable because they're they're not getting run ruled. That that's not how it's working out for for Ole Miss. Um, they're losing close games. The question is, can they get their bullpen right? Regardless. Um, yeah, if Hunter Elliott's not going nine for you, does it matter? Yeah, how realistic if he does come back? Does Hunter Elliott go? Well, nine is probably a little overboard, yeah. but even in the seventh and eighth inning. Yeah. So, out of bounds, ESPN 1059 The Zone. Uh, brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Wonderful steaks. Fantastic bourbon list. Call for that long branch bourbon. And uh, KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Also, uh, an amazing wine list. Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We'll have Steve Robertson at 8.30. We'll be interesting to see if Steve is back on the bandwagon. Um, you know, how much he takes away from this series win against Bama. And, or is he more in a show-me mode? Uh, as far as this week, Mississippi State goes to UAB for uh, their Tuesday game. And then a week from Tuesday, Mississippi State and Ole Miss play in Pearl. So they'll they'll go all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then they'll, that's Super Bulldog weekend, by the way. And, you know, you got the big concert after the game on Saturday. Brett Eldridge. 
and that Richard Greenlee told us about last week. Well, he told us two months ago, but then we had him on and talked about it. Super Bulldog weekend, dogs, rebs. One has two wins. The other one has three wins. How how much, uh, you know, I know we're going to talk about all the week and we're going to be able to get into some of the like matchups and things and who has Ooh. to play well and who doesn't. Ooh. But how much does the past continuously weigh on you? I thought about this at the Masters, right? Golf is such a cerebral game. We don't sometimes give credit to football and basketball for some of the mental fortitude and the mental wherewithal it takes to play certain positions. But baseball, we've always said, oh, it's a cerebral game too. Probably because it's slower, right? There's a little bit more pace to it. In golf, we talk about getting the yips, losing the ability to, to, to score. Brooks Kepka, all of a sudden after two rounds, could not buy a birdie. Could not buy a birdie to save his life. Does Mike Bianco, does the past weigh on you the longer the past becomes a problem? This inability to beat Mississippi State, does it content, does it does that kind of weight get bigger and bigger? Yes, I think it does. It's got to be a mental weighing fa- effect, right? I mean, it's got to be something you can't not sh- you can you can't shake that when you walk into the dugout on Friday. But also you got so many new players on the team. Oh, it's Bianco. I'm not talking about players specifically because Mike's the one who's been there for the six-year stretch. Oh, you're talking about... And that comes down to coaching decisions. It's little things. It's do I pull this guy now or do I wait an extra batter? Yeah. And and if there's tightness there... I'm not sure either one's been really good this year on that. Um, No, they have not. uh, I just wonder if you put any stock into the idea that there is something to to be said about... Okay, failure breeding. Failure. First of all, this isn't going to continue for forever. I mean, correct. So, it can. so the the odds are that this this ends sooner than later. Correct. I, I think that's the way I would look at this weekend. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I just wonder if you're a, like when you continuously get to a spot, right? A golfer who has one hole on a course that they can't seem to beat, and that hole beats you every time you walk to the tee. I just wonder if mentally you walk. You know, for so long, South Panola mentally beat teams because they just had this long winning streak. Oh, yeah. And before, before you got the game. There, yeah. yeah. I wonder if Mike Bianco... I live that on the air. I wonder if Mike Bianco, in some aspects, that mentally just weighs in the back of your mind of, I, I can't win. Nothing goes right for me in this moment type thing, right? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, we're going to have Steve Robertson on it at 8.30. I don't know if I would... I'm not sure how much that applies this weekend, Blake. I, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty big reach. No, just a question. I don't. I don't know. I if don't it think does Mike grinds yeah. out those decisions just against Mississippi State. Yeah, I don't. I'm with you. I don't think so. I just wondered if there's a if there's you know it's just it seems like I don't know. I I feel like I, I've never competed at the level that Mike has. Obviously, never been on that stage. But I know in my own personal life and having talked to people who've competed at high levels and different things, it's sometimes that mental game can be a hundred times harder than the actual physical sport, right? Yeah, the, sure. The mental game can get, when you get mentally screwed up, it can be very difficult to lock back in. Well, and both these teams have been on a slippery slope as far as mentally and... Um, Damn breaking type mentality. But I'll say this, man, they both played... They played, they competed at a high level this weekend. So there's there's not any give up in either squad. 
I, I watched a ton of baseball. I would this not weekend. expect that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there, there's zero give up in Oxford or Starville, and I think that's a credit to the kids and uh, even the, to the coaches. So I think we sometimes we like to pick apart what they're doing wrong and not give them credit as to what they're what they're doing Heck right. Yeah. So failure is way more entertaining than success, right? That's what yeah. we love. Twitter handle at Bow Bounds, Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors Caller Line, 601-707-3750. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. But let, let's talk a little Masters here, and then we'll get back into football. I know I know you want to do the Forbes thing, but we'll do that at 815. Um, and I know you've got National Siblings Day, and you want to kind of tie that into sports with the Kelsey brothers and the Mannings oh. and you know, the Curry brothers. Ooh. And I mean, you know, you can go on and on as far as football, basketball, baseball, uh, and all that. But the Masters was phenomenal yesterday. John Rahm was amazing. Phil Mickelson, spectacular. Jordan Spieth got going just a little too late. Um, but good Lord, he's good. Wow. Um, so much fun to watch. Cantley and uh uh Hoblin. Um th- these guys were amazing. I watched a lot of Brandel Chambly recap this stuff. He's he's so good. Um uh, Trevor Trevor Immelman is really good at, at you know doing the golf analysis. I thought that was good too. Good to see SVP in the butler cabin. Scott Van Pelt, baby. Um, so some, I'll give golf this, the golf coverage this week by ESPN and the golf channel and CBS was really good. But I guess, man, you know, because the masters it's the Ritz Carlton times a million and you know that, uh, what their expectations are, Blake. Coverage is really good unless you're a live player. Wow. Just saying. <laughs> didn't see a lot of those guys on TV. Other than Brooks Kep- Kepka. That's it. They didn't even show... They showed a a nice chunk of Phil well, when he was on his run. On Sunday, they okay. showed some highlights. Yeah. yeah. Our Masters coverage brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. That's Edwin Watts Golf Shop. On County Line Road. Take your golf game to another level. Steve Robertson at 830. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot and believe me, It is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. 
Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Well, don't pull up the 2022 schedule when you're trying to reference the 2023 schedule. Mississippi State and Ole Miss do not play four in a row. They will play three in a row this weekend, and then they will play again on April 25th at uh, in Pearl, Mississippi. So three in a row this weekend in Starkville, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Starkville. The Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors caller line is 601-707-3750. 601-707-3750. And the weather looks pretty good. Really good compared to this past weekend, but pretty good. There's a little bit of rain in the forecast. Hopefully, it'll just be scattered and you can roll with the games and the big concert after the game on Saturday. Uh, the show is brought to you by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repair. Superior. Superior.ms. They'll take care of your foundation issues. Mississippi State with a huge series win. Ross Highfield um, played very well over the weekend. And uh, they got enough from Dome, and they pulled out a... A series win in Tuscaloosa. I said it before starting the show. It was a good year to be good in SEC baseball. Um, do we have some good teams? Yes. We don't have as many. Now, there is a lot. You can get dominant over the next. You, you see where I'm going? You can get high. And you can kind of start imposing your will on people. Uh, but I, I think it was a good year to be good. I mean, look at all these teams. Bama, Auburn, 4-8. and eight. Mississippi State, 3-9. and nine. Ole Miss, 2-10. and 10. Georgia, 3-9. and nine. Missouri, 4-8. and eight. Tennessee, 5-7. and seven. A&M, 5-7. Now, granted, a lot of you can say, well, Bo, it looks like that a lot. Well, you're probably, look, you're right. Because a 5-7 and seven team can end up with a really good I mean, if you finish 15 and 15 in the league, you're amazing. Uh, and then you're, you're putting yourself in a good position, right? And you're still within striking distance at five and seven. So you're not that far off at all. Uh, we'll see what Bama and Auburn want to do, though. And Ole Miss has a better schedule down the stretch. Uh, Mississippi State does pull A&M, but it's the last series of the weekend, and we'll see if a and is going to get on track. Uh, out of bounds, one hundred five nine. The zone, ESPN. What? Yeah, I'm just laughing because you have Ole Miss and Auburn, and then you go Tennessee on the road, Arkansas at home, LSU on the road. Just like we said, you know, guy, you really got to win five out of nine against the the first set of three teams. You've done two out of three so far. That next set, you'll be lucky to win one, two games out of nine. When you think about going on the road to Tennessee and LSU and at home against Arkansas. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Let's switch gears on Swag Kelly. So, 
Uh, Swag Kelly was on PFT, and he was on there forever. It was a podcast that most of you know about. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard him talk for an hour, probably ever. But, I mean, we covered him. He was an incredible player. Uh, Maybe the most talented player at that position the last 12, 13 years in the state. Obviously, Dak took advantage of his coaching and surrounding, right? I mean, he did what he was supposed to do, and now he's made several hundred million dollars, and things are going well for him, right? Other than he doesn't have a general manager. I mean, that kind of works in the NFL, but other than not, Dallas doesn't have a GM, and everybody else does. But other than not having a GM, things have gone well for him. Swag Kelly is is so talented. He was so good in 2015. And then in 2016, he was good, but he gets injured. And then things don't go his way. And what's it called? The last player draft? Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Bounces around. Things look like they are going the right way with the Denver Broncos. I mean, he was really, I mean, you look at his exhibition numbers and you go with both the Colts and the Broncos and you're like, damn. And then the whole Halloween fiasco happened and he, he, he laid it out, you know, how, how it happened, what happened. And I do believe that he's grown up. He's now, he's now a Grey Cup champion with the Toronto Argonauts. How many people know what the Grey Cup is listening right now? Five percent? No, I think more than that. I think more. They don't watch it, yeah. but they know what it Canadian is. Canadian football. For yeah, those yeah, who yeah. Because see, Flutie was up there, and he won a bunch of Grey Cups. And hell, Ken Austin from Ole Miss, I think, won a couple of Grey Cups. He's playing but, with the Toronto Argonauts, which is a great name. Thank you. I just said that. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying it's a great name. Uh, it is a great name. And uh, so, Swag Kelly, did, can he get back to the league? You can't call because him. he is so. Ta- I mean, he's got the arm strength and the athleticism and all that. Can he get back to the league as a number two? Why would a team take a flyer on him when I can get a rookie for cheaper and who has upside because I don't know what he might turn into? Well, why? Because he's he's going to be better than most. But he, can he, he is he, so talented. Has he, he proven? He was a first-round pick talent-wise. Has he proven that he can be a backup in the NFL, though? No, but, I mean, yeah. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis and all these guys haven't proven yeah. that they can do anything in the NFL. No, I understand. So, But they're um, young and new out of college, so they get the yeah. fly. Well, although you don't have to pay Chad a, a lot of money. Oh, if, league minimum. If you if you get him. So, money using money as, as um, you know, as... Uh, a roadblock is not the case. But league minimum for a rookie QB and league minimum for a veteran QB, which is what Chad would be considered, is still different. Yeah, and but, if I'm in, but on a $215 million budget, it's yeah. nothing. If I'm an NFL team, I'm taking the guy that I don't hasn't haven't seen flame out of the NFL because I still think there's theoretical upside there that we don't know about. Whereas with Chad Kelly, if I'm an NFL team, I'm going, hey, he had an opportunity. He screwed it up off the field. Why would I trust that in a in a backup QB? I want the least conspicuous person in the world as my backup QB. Someone who never gets in trouble is devoted to just the game and being a backup. That's what you want in a backup, not a volatile guy. Uh, but I don't think all thirty. I think you can find a team that possibly would would give him a flyer, and I would. I mean, he he's talented. 
There's no doubt. And a about lot talent. more talented than a lot of the number twos. Or you could argue maybe all of the number twos. Would you take Chad Kelly or Matt Corral right now? Oh gosh. It's a real question. Hmm. If knowing that if I know that Matt's coming back healthy. Yeah, let's assume that they're both at whatever their peak physical condition for what they would be at this moment. Like, assuming Chad is in shape, which, by the way, in that interview, I don't know if you listened to, he he can no longer be referred to as Swag Kelly because he no longer owns the rights, which is incredible. Well, they call him Swag Kelly throughout Uh, the interview. Yeah, I know. It's just funny. It's funny that he lost the rights to his nickname. Golly. And he has been around the world, man. He, uh... And and I didn't realize what a freak I, I knew he was a freak athlete, but that he had grown up with the the punt pass catch thing, mm-hmm. and had been a four time champion I think growing up, and had been had competed in them more than four times because he said it was in Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, San Diego, among other places. Um, if he if he plays, I remember Luganville coming on and going. You don't understand how great point zero one percent athlete he if is. If he plays this summer, he only played in one game last year for Toronto. If he play or started, won excuse me, started one game. If he plays next year or this summer for Toronto, maybe he has a shot in the NFL. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Wouldn't it be great to see him get a shot? Wouldn't that be awesome? It'd be crazy. You wouldn't like to see it? I have no opinion on whether or not I'd like to see it. As a GM, I'm just not taking that chance. Uh, I'm looking at it. You're getting way too I'm saying, wouldn't it be fun? You're not getting it. Wouldn't it be fun to see him get a shot in the NFL? I'm not talking about a stuffy. As a GM. Steve Robertson coming up next on MSU Baseball. Effort Monday. Yeah, whether you're in the car or at the office, it's time to give it your max effort, just like Bo and Blake. So, hey, don't let your family down like I did on vacation, right? Come on, get off your ass. And give it a max effort. I'm ready to take this all away. All right, so Mississippi State took the series from Alabama. I still think they're a long, 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 long way off. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent. We also want to thank you for going to Apple Podcast, searching Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds, also Spotify, and uh, hitting up the segments, interviews, and all the crazy stuff we do on the show. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN, and Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Steve, uh, Lamonis and the squad needed a uh, series win, and they got one. Um, But I still think there's so many question marks on the mound. Obviously, the Gartman Dome thing looked looked good, considering who they are. Uh, But Friday and Saturday was was shaky. Sorry, Thursday and Friday was, was shaky. Um, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, Cade Smith's going to go back out and Gartman's going to go back out. Do you think that Lamonis and Foxhall look at something else other than Gerangelo on the weekend? Well, I think you probably need to. I mean, obviously, Gerangelo has a ton of talent, and uh, but he has had some early inning trouble. 
and uh, that's been consistent throughout all his SEC starts. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be a stud. I mean, he really is. But he might be asking a little bit too much for him right now. You know, I don't know. Maybe if you don't flip the order a little bit and maybe give Lofton the opportunity, uh, depending on the matchups, especially when you've got a left-handed dominated lineup. But, you know, I mean, they got to figure some things out. And you're right. I mean, getting Cade Smith back gives you the – ability to move Nate back to the bullpen. And, you know, we talked about this about a month ago. He needed to go to the weekend as a starter just because you simply had to get a quality start out of somebody. You did. But now that Cade is back, you know, perhaps uh, Nate is better served being that guy that uh, you can kind of pick and choose when you use him. And and that was the thing about how big Thursday was, is you're able to get some separation in the game, win the ball game without having to throw a dome, which really set things up well for Sunday or for Saturday. But, you know, the reality of it is, is when that, when Alabama got separation in that ball game on Friday, state did not throw any of their veteran arms in that ball game, which allowed them to have the better bullpen options on Saturday. And that was really the difference in the ball game is Alabama, their relievers gave up five runs in the game state gives up none. And, and that's, you know, that's an outlier. Let's be honest about that. I mean, State has not been good out of the pen, but perhaps with, with Dawn moving back out there, maybe you can find some consistency. Ooh, okay. Um, so everybody knows what this weekend is with the Rebs and the Dogs and, and Super Bulldog weekend. I'd love to know a stat on how many, and I could be off on this, but I feel like they've, they've lost a ton of Saturday games for Super Bulldog weekend. Um, over the years, but anyway, uh, so you like law Cade and Gartman are going to stay on as starters. Dome is now back in the pen for Lamonis. You like outside of Lofton, who else would you consider to start this weekend? Well, yeah, yeah, I would hate to take Colby Holcomb off of the first guy, of the bullpen role. I think in the last two weeks, he's been exceptionally good and, and uh, had a little bit of adversity with Alabama in the one inning when you, you go out there and you walk the ballpark, but uh, he bounced back and at one time struck out five in a row. And, you know, I think he's a guy that's capable, but I think he's much too valuable where he is. I mean, you know, Sierra is also a possibility, but that's, you're basically asking another freshman to go out there and pitch in an SEC ball game and, and, Bo, here's the thing, too. I, you know, I know that stage three and nine and Ole Miss is two and ten. That, that series is always wrapped up in intensity. And, and this year it might even be more because of the fact that I think both teams are so desperate, you know, for wins and try to find some way to salvage something on the season. I expect an extremely competitive series where both teams play exceptionally hard because there's still a lot to play for. Yeah, Ole Miss is having trouble in their bullpen. Um yeah, you know, I watched a lot of their baseball over the weekend. They're close though. Here here's here's the one thing that's interesting between I don't there's probably not a penny's worth of difference in the two teams. Um might give the slight edge to Ole Miss, but they're not getting blown out, Steve, when they lose. Oh uh Mississippi State is still susceptible to to getting run rolled damn near every week. What do you make of that? No, I think that's fair, and I think a lot of that too. You, you mentioned you know, Ole Miss is two and ten, but you know, by and large, the games have been competitive. I mean, you know, it's like they get walked off against A and M in the ninth, and you know, very competitive games with Arkansas over the weekend. I mean, you know, the reality of it is is that I think it's Ole Miss team. You mentioned being close. You know, it, it's going to boil down to bullpen pitching in many respects, and you know, Ole Miss has got some sticks too. I mean, I know they're struggling to find some consistency, but the record I don't think is indicative you know, of the talent on that team. And I think anybody who thinks the state's just going to show up and, 
this is just going to be another one in series. It's, it's probably living a little bit of life of, of, of delusion here. I, I think it's going to be very competitive. And, you know, I probably have more respect for Mike Bianco than a lot of people do. But I, I tell you, you know, he built that program. You know, he is Ole Miss baseball tradition. And he still calls all the pitches. And he's a guy that obviously uh, knows how to recruit and develop catchers. I mean, the Rebels, the whole time he's been there, have been very, very good behind the plate. And when you've got a young pitching staff that's uh, struggling a little bit, you need a guy back there. And they certainly have Calvin Harris. And so uh, I, I think Ole Miss, as you mentioned, you know, a loss is a loss. But when State loses, it's like you have this collective freakout. You know, it's like <laughs> the baseball psyche is so fragile. And it's like all of a sudden – things begin to steamroll against you and you don't have that Tanner Allen guy to come up and say, okay, this is enough. Well, it doesn't matter though. A Tanner Allen can't overcome. And I'm not picking on these two players because they are talented. Like you referenced Steve, uh, and they shouldn't have to throw in, in the spots that they are, but because Lamona Scotro and Foxhall missed on two classes, this is where they are. You can't walk nine people on that Friday game. It doesn't matter if Babe Ruth comes out of the damn stands. Uh, you know, you just you can't walk the the whole lineup. So uh, that's where Ole Miss is not even close to to where Mississippi State is as far as walking and hit batters. Now I'll say this: they surprised me. Uh, McCants, Gonzalez, and Calvin Harris. I couldn't believe Calvin Harris had those two pass balls in big moments against Arkansas. Because you're right, they have been amazing behind the plate. Because we all know Bianco played at LSU under Burtman and with McDonald and all that. Um, so they got a, they were a little sloppy. I mean, I've seen enough sloppy from Mississippi State this year, and I can't figure out what's going on with Forsythe, but I was surprised at some of their miscues. What do you chalk some of that up to, Steve? It's weird because these programs haven't done that the last, well, hell, under Bianco for a while, but really since Cohen took over in 9-10 and got it rolling what do you chalk that up to? Some of the like routine plays, not making them, Steve. Well, it's about pressing, you know, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it all starts and and doesn't end with pitching, but it starts with pitching. I mean, it's like you begin to think you have to be perfect defensively in order to win ball games. That's you true. You have to go out and score a ton of runs to win ball games. You got to start pressing at the plate. When you have no confidence in your pitching, you don't have a team. And what happens, too, and you mentioned the Ole Miss thing, and, and you've kind of seen it happen this year, it's like all of a sudden you, it's a close ball game. It's a one-run ball game one way or another, and then you've got to pull a starter and hand that ball over to the guy in the bullpen. And when that team doesn't believe in that guy, they're going to lose that ball game. And it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you start thinking, oh, here we go again. Every time we have to get it up and give, it, give a reliever an opportunity late, we ended up coughing up the lead. And so – it's only human nature to start thinking, hey, this is where we are. This is who we are. I agree. And as I mentioned, that Allen thing, it's a leadership thing. It's not necessarily one individual performance, but it's a culture thing. And I think that's kind of what's happened at State. I think the culture has slipped a little bit. It's because of the fact that, you know, you've got some guys up there that are veterans, but they're kind of quiet leaders. They're kind of lead-by-example guys. You don't have the rah-rah guy that can say, hey, get on my back, we're fixing to go win this ball game. I think that's really what State's missing right now. But, you know, you mentioned the Lane Forsythe thing. You had a pretty good stretch there for a while. But, you know, he made some errors this weekend that you don't see in Little League. I mean, you know, like the, the – uh, Ross Hotfield has an amazing pop. The runner's going to be out by five or six feet. We don't catch the baseball. Uh, first ground ball of the game on uh, Saturday, routine ground ball to short. It goes right through the wickets. And then Gartman's already a guy that you know – 
basically on the clock because he can get you through the order twice. But now you've, you, you're basically making him have to labor that much more. And he had to get, what, five, six outs in the first inning. And Alabama ties the game without ever hitting the ball out of the infield and doesn't even get the benefit of a hit. You know, two walks, two errors lead to two runs. Those are the kinds of things that get you beat. I think Ross Highfield is the next guy. It's just early. He will be next year uh, as far as that guy in the clubhouse. It's going to be his clubhouse. So talk about Highfield and Dakota Jordan really coming around as true freshmen. And think, and look, they're still going to have some tough games. But you can just tell what they have and what they can be uh, at the plate. And, and and talk about that that play that Jordan made on the fence too, Steve. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they're the next duo. You know, you look back at Rooker and Mangum and then T.A. and Rowdy. I think these guys, number one, because of their obvious talent, but they're also very vocal. And, and uh, you know, Ross is a guy that struggled at times defensively, and you and I have talked about this a million times. Until you've had to block up an SEC breaking baseball, a breaking base, breaking ball, you don't, you don't know what you have, right? I mean, you, you don't see it in high school, no matter how elite the pitching is. Until there's been a runner at third and a game on the line, you got to block up a, a breaking ball that's buried in the dirt and keep the game where it is. You don't know what you have, and he's getting better. And he, he mentioned last week that they've changed a couple things technique-wise, and he's a lot more comfortable back there. And the home run that he hit against Alabama at a very clutch moment there. I mean, he hit that ball 50 feet over the center field wall, and I mean, it's four foot, it's 390 to center. He hit it 448 feet. Uh, so, you know, you, I guess it's longer than that, actually. You can do the math on that. But the reality of it is, is yeah, you're just being served. And I think Dakota's getting a lot more comfortable. And I think what you're seeing, too, is you're seeing why this staff wanted to play these guys as true freshmen now because you're beginning to see what they demonstrated in fall baseball. And Dakota Jordan, the play at the fence there, that happens as the last out in the third inning. And, and the way that this, as fragile as the Bulldog psyche has been, if that thing goes off the wall, at least one run scores. And who knows if it doesn't open the floodgates. And we start thinking, well, here we go again. However, a guy makes an incredibly athletic play. It, it ignited the dugout. You know, absolutely ignited the dugout. And, and you see him coming back. And the thing about it is, is Dakota Jordan expects to make those plays. He didn't just think, hey, well, this is the greatest play of my life. I'm going to make that play all the time. You know, yeah. and I think that's what you're seeing now. And all of a sudden, they're beginning to get it going at the plate, which adds some length to the lineup. And Highfield blocked up some balls. I mean, like you said, he's he's making strides every day because he was thrown into this. He probably should just be playing 20 games at catcher, right? 15 to 20 at catcher and doing a little DHing if they'd have signed a Juco kid or whatever. But uh, but you were there all weekend. Couldn't you tell, Steve, that, that he's blocking up some balls that he wasn't just two weeks ago? Well, it's really been in the last two weeks. I mean, it really you saw against South Carolina, you know, him beginning to do some of the things he wasn't doing early in the year, even against Lipscomb. You know, he was a guy that, you know, at times that, you know, we go back to that Kentucky game. I don't fault Ross for that. I mean, that's a slider that uh, that Nate Dome just didn't execute. He throws in another batter's box, and it's hard as he throws. And, you know, that's, that's it's a dangerous combination. So everybody's getting better. But I think the, the bigger thing, Bo, with all of this, is it gives your pitchers confidence. When they know that they can go up there and miss a little bit or, in, if necessary, bury a breaking ball in the dirt, they got a guy back there that can block things up so they don't have to hold anything back. They can, they can pitch with full intensity. And I don't think there's any coincidence that you've seen the pitching from some guys get better as Ross Highfield has matured and begin to develop behind the plate. I think that is something that 
uh, probably the casual fan doesn't fully appreciate is when you when you don't trust your catcher, you can't go all out as a pitcher. Right. I it's his team next year. Hell, it may be his team by May first. Um, we'll see. What do they need to do? What's realistic down the stretch? I know we like to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, they they they've got two opportunities to win series the next two weeks, and then it gets real, Steve. So, I mean, how? I know it's the rivalry week and all that, and dogs reps want to get after each other and so on. But just how critical is this weekend and next, considering? They could lose both, but they are winnable series considering the way Auburn and Ole Miss are playing, Steve. Yeah, you, you have to win these series. I mean, it, and we said this last week prior to the Alabama series. If they're going to make a move, it has to start now. Well, now it started. Can you keep it going? This is an Ole Miss team that's going to be desperate. They're going to throw everything they got at you. They're not going to quit. Absolutely not going to quit. So you're going to have to beat them. And then you start thinking about, uh, you know, what's next. You go to Auburn. Auburn, of course, a uh, tough weekend against A&M. Auburn is really challenged offensively. And so if they can go out there and throw strikes, you feel pretty good about the opportunity to win that series. Then you get ready to go to Tennessee. And, you know, that series, beginning of the year, we looked at that and said, oh, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, you know, Tennessee is 5-7 and seven right now. They have, what, South Carolina and Vanderbilt coming up, I believe it's correct. Uh, and so they could be <laughs> – at worst, a 10-loss team by the time State gets there. And so now you start thinking, hey, maybe you can go up there and get a game uh, because, you know, their starting pitching has not been as advertised with the exception of maybe Dollander. Right. Bullpen is really good. And so if you're State, you can go up there and piece some things together. Maybe you can get a ball game. You know, I don't think State's going to go up there and win that series. The, despite the record, Tennessee is a very talented team, and they're going to be looking to get fat, trying to get back into the regional hosting discussion I think right now, if you had to call it, Tennessee is probably not hosting. But you get to these next two weekends, and that Vanderbilt series is absolutely huge, and you still got Kentucky and South Carolina to go. It could be an interesting year for Tony Vitello after a lot of people thought, hey, this is the new LSU. And then you get upset in Super Regional, and now, what are you, fourth in the SEC East? Yeah. Two games out of last place? I mean, you know. They're going to get it together. You just hope if you're Mississippi State, they do it after maybe the Monday after Great Town. You know? Yeah, Tennessee and A&M both in five and seven within striking distance, but we'll we'll see. Steve Robertson, uh, the Boneyard Podcast, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. Steve joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Steve, Kate Smith threw 42 pitches. What do you think is realistic Friday against Ole Miss as they're revving him maybe. back up? Yeah, I think maybe maybe the best you could hope for is five innings. You know, I, I don't think you push him to 100 pitches unless he's just feeling it. But, you know, I, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was great. Um, and I think, again, you got to make some plays behind him. But, you know, in order for State to have any chance at any postseason at all, they got to have Kate Smith be good. And at times he can be great. But, you, you know, the best ability is availability, right? He hadn't been available for much of the season. And so – Getting him back is almost like adding a free agent in many respects, and it gives you again the flexibility to move Nate around where you need him. You know they got to go out there and get a win on Friday, and I think you know Cade obviously Cade versus Jack Doherty, who's had some real struggles this year. Uh, you know I think State's got to be able to to get that win on Friday. I think probably whoever wins the Friday game is going to win this series. I agree. I I, I agree. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez took a pitch off his shoelaces and hit it to Tupelo. Steve. Um, that's it's crazy that he's the leadoff considering everything that he can do. Well, I think maybe it's just about getting him as many at bats as you can. Yeah, you know, and this this 
this is an offense at times that has kind of gone into hibernation. And I think, you know, he, he is a stud. And anybody Good that thinks that guy's Lord. a first-round draft pick is just not being fair. You know, that kid is an extremely talented guy. I know he's had some challenges at times defensively, but – yeah, the makeup of that guy is really good. And, and listen, they're going to go as far as he can take them as best he can. You know, he's got to get some help on the pitching staff. But, yeah, it's going to be job one for State. I mean, you look back last year in that game three, you know, State had that game one. And then Gonzalez goes out there and rips that two-run shot off Pico Collins for fourth extra inning. I mean, and that, that's what big-time players do. You know, it's like you have to have some clutch in you. And, and he does. And I know almost people get frustrated at times with uh, – you know, with some of the errors, but uh, I think this is a guy that history is going to be very kind to. You look back, not just the fact that he was on a national championship team, but he's going to play baseball for a long time. Yeah. Okay, what else am I missing? Any other pitcher? That, I know you just went through a bunch, and, and there just may not be anything left. Um, I mean, they're relying on a bunch of young dudes. And it, does Holcomb have... I mean, does this guy, it seems like he's got some pretty damn good stuff. Like, maybe he's close to turning the corner, Steve? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, I think maybe. mainly the confidence piece. The confidence piece is what it boils down to. And he and I talked about that uh, this past weekend. Is that, you know, there's some pitches maybe he was scared to let loose here, you know, a month ago. And now against SEC hitters. And now he's realized, hey, if I go in here and pound his own and, and uh, follow the game plan, I can get SEC hitters out. And he had a really good outing against South Carolina, a little bit shaky at times uh, against Alabama, but he turned it around. I mean, one of the better turnarounds I've seen of a relief pitcher in the uniform in a couple of years at State. But they need him to continue to be that guy. And maybe you pair him up with Kate, and maybe you pair Nate up with Gart, you know. Uh, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do on day three. I don't know. Maybe if you don't push, uh, you know, the freshman back to uh, to game three, you know, just because of the fact that they'll be Oh, yeah third best pitcher, you know, and so maybe that makes it a more competitive game, but you know, it's been such a roller coaster with the starting rotation. I mean I mean it's not even the same group that you had at the beginning of the year. And you know, the fact that you're this this late in the season still trying to figure that out and get things settled. I mean it's it's not promising, but I think with Nate being the guy that he is, you know, maybe he can give you a couple innings on Friday, maybe come back on Sunday and help you get a dub. But, uh, you know, the reality of it is you can't just be Nate Dom. Somebody else is going to have to step up, whether it be Bradley Lofton or Gerondolo Sanjay or Evan Sierra or Brock Tapper. Somebody else has got to step up on this young freshman group and eat up some valuable innings in order for State to win this series and really make, a, make something out of this season. Are you about to – somebody just asked, are you about to break a football commitment? Well, we got a couple of things that we're, we're waiting on. So, I'll, and, and one of the things that we tried to do in recent years since kids have become so active on social media is to let kids take ownership of their announcements. Sure. You know, for years, years and years when it was so competitive and, you know, we had to go to press conferences and things like that. It was always fun if you already had the story and your competition went to the press conference and as the kid announced, you already had your story up and those guys made a long drive for nothing. So it was a little gamesmanship and all that. But Kind of our philosophy is, is we want to tease it, we want to predict it, but at the end of the day, we don't want to scoop a kid. We want to give them the opportunity to kind of take ownership of their moment because it is their moment. Okay. All right. Somebody just asked us on our agup.com text line because evidently Arnett posted something and they said, is Steve about to drop a commitment? And um, so anyway, but Blake, yeah, I have a question. I'm trying to put all this together and interview no, Steve. Good. So uh, I've got people talking to me via our text well, line. Well, we saw and, the Arnett gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. We saw the Arnett gift tweet, which is not how he normally 
has behaved, but he's the head coach. Got it. My question to Steve is much more important and journalistic in nature. Um, <laughs> now that Mike Leach, the pirate, is no longer the head man, do you have a new gift choice for when you do announce commitments? Because it used to be the pirate oh, yeah. flag. What is that going to be for our be nets, now? Steve? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I've actually thought about that because I, uh, a while back I was going to tweet out. I was going to tweet out the Jolly Roger, and I was like, I don't know. It just, just doesn't feel right. No. You know I mean? We're not no. great anymore. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure something out. You know, we'll probably do some 80s metal or something. You know, just – yeah, I joke with those guys, too. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Kevin Barbe is bald. Brad Peterson is bald. Zach Arnett is bald. Uh, and so, I made the comment recently. I said, listen, Zach, you can't keep hiring and promoting in your own image. You know, we got to – Yes, he can. guys are doing here. So we're, you know, Throw me in the mix. Yeah, well, I got enough hair for all of us. But the reality of it is, is that, uh, you know, I, I got to keep hair metal alive as long as I can, you know. And so, when that, matter of fact, when I die, Bo, I'm sure that you'll outlive me. Make sure they play Home Sweet Home for Motley Crue on my way out. So. Got it. Got it. Okay, so a football commitment could be coming on jeanspage.com. And we'll see. I don't know what Arnett's Jeff uh, deal meant but uh and steve's gonna figure one out now that zach arnett is the head football coach at uh at msu steve appreciate it we'll talk soon uh steve robertson jeanspage.com 247 sports i who knows steve knows we'll just see who it is in the next i don't know few minutes or whatever we are the out of bounds show 105.9 the zone espn we're brought to you by rpt and rick's pro truck Blake got his uh, set of tires for his Jeep Grand Cherokee from RPT in Gluckstadt, and I got my tires and lift on my Jeep from Rick's Pro Truck. So uh, when you grab that truck, SUV, or Jeep, Rick's Pro Truck. You got three locations now, Gluckstadt, Flowood, and Pearl. Rick'sProTruck.com. Hour number three coming up on the Out of Bounds Show.